to make a go no go decision that's it don't dwell on it come back to a year from today still wondering oh should i have done that while the stocks have you know crashed in the last 12 months by 20% right so you don't want to be in the same boat a year from today so give yourself a deadline welcome to the wealthy mind podcast hosted by alex kladinko and a good friend of mine business partner ashish sanan we are two immigrants who've come from humble beginnings to work in the silicon valley high tech industry for many years only to realize that we were trading our time for money on w2 jobs in corporate america being laid off downsized several times watching our stock market portfolio lose significant value during each recession paying high taxes was very frustrating but we always knew there was a way out through a passionate belief in growth wealth mindset we took massive action started investing in commercial real estate and left our high tech careers to build passive income with syndication investments and now we help others like you to learn grow and build life on your own terms uh, hi everyone uh, welcome to wealthy mind uh, investment uh, uh, podcast show i have another guest uh, sanya uh, is a local operator uh, based out of Dallas. Uh, she is a syndicator. Uh, she is a sponsor. She has invested passively in more than 26 deals. She is also an active operator in seven, and several of them have gone full cycle. Uh, we've, we've been uh, talking about uh, inviting her for uh, to be a guest on our podcast for a while, but she's a very uh, busy <laughs> operator, investor, and she goes to many conferences. She's also a speaker. And uh, Sanya, please go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us uh, about your background and how the heck did you get started uh, in real estate after having a very successful career uh, in the corporate world? Thank you so much for having me on your podcast and congrats on starting it. Uh, like many Asian geeks, I have a strong math background, went into engineering world, had a high-tech career realized business folks were making all decisions. I got an MBA to understand the financials. I did well in the stock market, went actually full-time into stocks uh, when I had children and then realized again, because I was doing well there, I needed a tax advantage and that's what uh, led me to real estate. I did not want to do single family because the margins weren't there and I didn't want to be responsible for the four T's, you know, the tenants, toilets, trash and termites that we all want to avoid. And that led me to multifamily. I attended a weekend event that taught me all about uh, high-level, large multifamily acquisitions where you can hire a third-party property management to do all the work. I started out passively as a limited partner because, you know, my high-tech career, I had a lot of retirement funds, et cetera, left from that that I wanted to use to learn the business slowly. So passive investing is very useful. First, if you don't want to do any of the work and you want to have something to do with real estate uh, without it being a reach fund, right? So you invest passively in a syndication, you're actually owning a piece of a large apartment building. That was very appealing. But the second part of it also was as a passive investor, you don't take on any of the risks and liabilities associated with, uh, you know, uh, managing apartments and dealing with all the hassles of it. So those made it very attractive. And eventually, if I ever wanted to be an operator, this is like being a passenger in a plane, right? That's the advantage is before you start becoming a pilot of an aircraft, you want to be a passenger in a plane, eventually be a co-pilot and then decide if you want to be a pilot. Right. So passenger in a plane was the best way to, again, learn real estate as a passive investor. And so that's how I started out. I'm still doing passive deals. 
But every once in a while, I do an active deal. I usually do two uh, deals as an active operator myself a year, and the rest of it is all still passive because you want to have the best of both worlds, right? You want to balance your work and life. You don't want it to take over your life again. And that's why passive investing still makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. How did you get started when it comes to bigger you know, commercial uh, real estate? I think a lot of people working in the corporate uh, you know, have a have an interest uh, uh, in real estate, but they want to either do it on their own. Sometimes they get overwhelmed. Uh, sometimes they think, uh, you know, group syndication, it's a scam. Uh, uh, how did you find out about it? And what made you decide to actually start investing? For each person, their comfort level and risk tolerance is different. So you definitely want to figure that out. But get to know operators really well. That's what Alex and Ashish do, right? They get to know the operators really well. They vet them. So you want to personally do that yourself. So definitely go visit properties. That's what I did. I'm in Dallas. This is where a lot of the deals happen. So for me to feel comfortable to fork over that first $50,000, I met the operator. I knew he and his partner were going to be the owners running this deal. And I went with them to actually drive by the property. I verified things like I did a background check. I checked that the title was in their name, et cetera. Those were the things I was looking for to invest in a deal. But I was also part of a larger network of people. And so you have that network umbrella sort of to say, okay, this person has been doing this before. You hear from others, peers. You go verify things yourself, and they have a reputation to protect. They're not scammers. And so I checked that and I invested a small portion of my money from my retirement for the first deal. And then I saw that it came to life. I learned more about the syndication. You get educated more. The more educated you are, the less of a gamble it is, right? Just like we all blindly put our money. If you're working in high tech like I was, do you know where your 401k money is going? Do you know the name of that fund? Do you know who's the fund manager or what fees they're taking? Do you have any say in what kind of asset classes they pick, what sectors they're investing in? I mean, compared to all of those unknowns, this is easy. You know the actual building. It's got an address. You know who's running it. Uh, So to me, once you vet those things out, uh, this was less risky for me in that sense. Because real estate, you know, 90% of millionaires do so through real estate. And so why not own a piece of a large apartment like I was probably a 0.1% owner on a 300-door apartment compared to me owning and buying my own single-family rental myself. I mean, it was so much less work, so much less hassles. And I, the first investment actually completed a full cycle about two and a half years later, and they more than doubled my money. It was insane the kind of returns they, I got on that. So I'm completely sold on multifamily passive investing in the right markets and with the right operators. Yeah, you brought a good point of, you know, waiting out the operator and a lot of people know about it or they skip this step altogether uh, uh, because, uh, you know, most people focus on the deal and they they forget about an important step that you are betting on, on the operator to perform uh, well and hopefully make money. Right. So uh, tell us, uh, how did you learn about doing that? Are there any tips that you can share with the the investors? Sure. The most important thing is that you're betting on the jockey, not on the horse. And I didn't know that. So at the beginning, I also focused more on the deal or the market. And I just glossed over whatever operators said on social media and invested some money with someone. 
And that didn't turn out to be as great versus I had another investment in a not so great, you know, kind of uh, deal where the numbers didn't look as attractive, but the operator was really good and he came back exceeding those numbers. So I realized that fundamentally the number one thing to look for is the operator and their track record. So one of the first questions I ask is, where is this operator? What is their experience? And what is their track record in that market, right? So that's what you want to know. It's just like when you go to hire a contractor, what are you going to do? You want to do a $50,000 kitchen remodel. Are you just going to hire somebody based on an ad? No, you're going to talk to your friends. Somebody else is going to refer that person to you. You're going to check that they've done the same kind of work. And that's how you do. So same way, you know, Alex and Ashish do a great job of vetting operators. So you go get to know Alex and Ashish. You look at all the deals they've done in the past. You read a little more about those operators. And that's like the process I would follow is the track record and verified by a passive investor in some of those deals. That always helps me. So typically a passive investor, you know, we all have a little group of us who talk about different deals and operators in uh, various locations. And the biggest thing we look for is how well do they know that property and that location? Have they ever operated before? Are they newbies to that market? Because market to market, it varies. And the second thing, yeah, I mean, that's a big difference. Another thing is some companies are vertically integrated, meaning they have their own property management, while others employ a property management company, which is what I do. So has that property management company had experience in that location? That's another question to ask. And for every number that they put into a spreadsheet, right, we all use an analyzer spreadsheet to analyze deals, you know, whether what is my assumption for a rent bump, what are my expense numbers, what is my source of other income, et cetera. What is the loan terms that you put in from a term sheet, et cetera, right? So every one of those numbers, you ask the operator, where did you get that number from? That's it. It's a very simple question. Who gave you that number? Do you just assume it or do you have valid data that supports the number, right? Yeah, we're all engineers and high-tech people. We like data. That's what we love. So what is the source of your data? Did your property management company verify that those expenses are reasonable for contract services, for you know admin expenses? Did they verify that if you implement the business plan this way, yeah, you can get a $100 rent pump or whatever other reasoning, right? So you want to understand that. Now, my deals are all in Texas, so property tax is a big deal. So if somebody assumes not much of a property tax increase, I'll be like, oh, you need to talk to a property um, you know, tax protest consulting firm who will give you that number. And that's what you put in. Same with your financing and loan. You can't just say, oh, this is what I heard interest rates are. No, you want to have an official term sheet from a lender. And those are the numbers you put into the you know, uh, analyzer spreadsheet. Insurance costs vary greatly. Now, in Houston or Florida, your insurance is going to go up a lot more than, say, maybe in Phoenix or Dallas. So you want to make sure, again, for insurance, you have an actual quote and you speak with other operators who've been um, doing properties in that area to see that difference. That's why I say the operator's experience in the market is so important. So the question to ask is what? How do you justify every number in your spreadsheet? And is it by a neutral third party? Or is it a biased operator putting those numbers? Because that makes a big difference. Correct. And you can talk references. I think a lot of people, you know, skip that step. It's very easy. If somebody gave you a truck record, you could just say, hey, uh, would you mind sharing a couple of people that have gone full cycle with you? Mm-hmm. Just talk to people and, and validate that. So if you had to summarize, you know, your top three, I'm sure the, the list can be <laughs> If, if you had to kind of summarize, what are the top three questions uh, so you don't lose your short uh, before you decide to invest <laughs> in the deal? How would you summarize them, Sonny? 
track record of the operator verified by a passive investor. Okay. Uh, every number being given by a neutral third party person. So how do you verify those numbers? Where did you get these assumptions from? And then um, experience in that market. If they're yeah, brand local, new to a market. Expertise. Yeah, local expertise. Like, okay, think of it as performing brain surgery, right? Do you want to be the first patient of a brand new exactly. brain surgeon without having another expert in the room doing that surgery? Yeah, very true, because uh, even though the, the operator might have an amazing track record in one market, but if they're expanding, which is fine, mm -hmm. uh, knowing that this is going to be their first deal, possibly in a new market, you have to ask yourself, are you comfortable with that market? Because each market can be very different in terms of the local laws, construction, eviction, rents, and, and, and all of the above. Those would be my top three questions from a due okay. diligence perspective on an operator itself. Excellent. I mean, obviously, there's a, another list of questions you can ask about this specifically on a deal uh, mm -hmm. as well. And we probably don't have time <laughs> uh, for, for that. Uh, I think a lot of people are also curious to know, how was your transition, not just from uh, a corporate to uh, a limited partner, but at one point you said, you know what? I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I can do this myself. This is my life right now. I want to be active. I want to have real estate as a career. Talk to us about your kind of a journey. I'm sure everybody thinks that, you know, it's a journey that's worth it, but it can be scary. There's a lot of unknown. Being an entrepreneur, there's a lot of ups and downs. There could be a lot of turbulences. There could be a lot of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. unknown uh, curveballs that are thrown your way and you have to be able to pick it up and continues yeah. to go. So share, share us your experience. So like the passenger analogy I use, passive investor is a passenger. The next one is a co-pilot. So my first deal, I was a co-sponsor with two other experienced sponsors. And the way I got that deal was by offering myself as someone to assist as boots on the ground in the local Dallas expert, because I have lived here for over 30 years, and they were both out of state wanting to get into the Dallas market. So I had a complementary strength or skill that was useful to those experienced partners, but they knew all the things to do to running properties and making money on apartments. They just hadn't done it in the Texas market. So it was a good fit. And that's why I got my first deal. And from doing the asset management, a lot of it was through COVID. So they couldn't travel as much. So I ended up helping them a lot more by being the one to go to the property. So that's where I learned a lot of the business. And it gave me the confidence to be then a lead sponsor myself. And, you know, no matter how much you study in books, the practical experience is different. Yeah. As you probably realize, right. going to engineering school and then your high tech job, you just have to make sure you have partnerships with complementary strengths. And then an ecosystem or a network to help you because there will always be challenges. And so you are a problem solver. Like most engineers are problem solvers. So, you know, have the confidence, commit to it, make sure you have time for it and start out by partnering with others before you start going off by yourself. Yeah, no question. Real estate is a team game. It's a team sport, especially when we talk about this larger, bigger uh, 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 acquisitions. I mean, we're talking about significant amount of capital uh, and supplementary skills as well, because we're all we all wired different. Some people are good with numbers. Some people are good project managers. Some people good at negotiation and and finances. So you have to ask yourself a question: What value 
could you create and add uh, to the team? And then you joined the mentorship program, right? So this is yes, how you thought about uh, uh, other supplemental uh, uh, skills of other people that you, you join uh, as a team. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about, you know, uh, the importance uh, of, you know, masterminds, uh, coaching, training, mentors. I mean, you and I were uh, in a mastermind also for capital raisers and partners. Mm -hmm. uh, why, why is it so important? I think for you to see results quickly, it's just like having a personal trainer at the gym instead of just going to the gym by yourself. Because with that personal trainer, you're going to push yourself a little bit harder. You're going to focus on the right things that can make a difference to achieving your goals. And so for me, you know, you get stimulated whenever you achieve those first few initial milestones. And so it propels you faster to your target and you collapse timeframes. Also for me, spending that kind of money on myself at my age, that's like the college money I should be saving for my kiddo. So that again, propelled me into action. It uh, pushed me to commit a little bit more. And so it's like, you're not going to go miss your personal training session at the gym, right? That's an appointment you're going to keep. It's the same level of, you know, um, commitment that it draws out of you. And in return, you get other committed people like being with Alex in a network or others in a network similarly motivated. You're talking, you're in the right room with the right group of people. You're not taking advice from people who've never done it before. That's what you get collectively. It's like a country club membership. You go in there, you utilize it, you make those connections, and then it propels you faster. So I'm all for a mastermind or a membership or in a coaching program, but here's the way to do it. Talk to people who've done that program and yeah. see if they've achieved the results that you are looking for. Because you may walk into it with a completely different goal. And so you want to make sure you've at least interviewed two or three people in the program who have achieved that. And then you sign up. Yeah, no, for, for sure. It's like the same process of waiting out mm -hmm. <laughs> the operator. You can let out the coaching uh, programs as well, seeing mm -hmm. some of the people references and seeing, you know, whether that, that worked for you. But you also need to know, obviously, for sure, accountability that you have to put in the work. I think a lot mm -hmm. of people sort of think that, oh, my God, I just paid $50,000 for coaching and I'm guaranteed success. Uh, the, 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 there's no guarantees. Nope. No, you still have to create those relationships. You have to look for properties. You have to add, uh, create your own value uh, uh, for uh, the team and ultimately for your in investors uh, uh, as well. Anything else you would like to share uh, with uh, uh, our listeners that would be interesting when it comes to your journey or any tips how to get started? Persistence is super important. The other thing that's really important is let's say you're thinking and dabbling on in real estate, wondering whether or not you should do it. Give yourself a deadline. Write out your questions today that you need answered. Give yourself 30 days. And at the end of 30 days, you should have clear answers to all those questions to make a go, no go decision. That's it. Don't dwell on it. Come back to a year from today, still wondering, oh, should I have done that while the stocks have, you know, crashed in the last 12 months by 20%. Right. So you don't want to be in the same boat a year from today. So give yourself a deadline. Give your list of questions and take action one way or another. Yeah. Put a time box on it mm -hmm. because you know, the paralysis analysis, a lot of our engineers yep. can relate yep. to them. You know, the fear of making uh, a wrong decision. But sometimes if you put a deadline and, and you tell yourself, you know what, I have to take action. And sometimes... Yep. Uh, wrong move could could you could learn from a mistake. Hopefully, this is not a huge mistake where <laughs> where, where, where you've lost funds. But I'm talking about a small step. Maybe talking to somebody. Maybe joining a mastermind. 
maybe uh, start learning a new course and think of that nature. I all, I'm also a big believer in a positive mindset. I'm a big fan of uh, Tony Robbins and uh, Bob Proctor and Napoleon Hill. Why do you think it's important to have that mindset? Do you think there is a correlation yes. between the mindset and success uh, in real estate investing? Huge. Mindset is everything. Mindset is like more than 75% of the battle. You can always find the mechanics and uh, go about executing later. But if you don't have the right mindset, um, I think you're uh, in a losing proposition. So having that positive mindset will help you get creative and find the people. It's also the who, not how is a big principle of mine. And that's why I believe in coaching programs or the power of a network. So if I ever wanted to start a fund, for example, I'm going to be talking to Alex because that's what he and Ashish have done so well in the past. So, you know, your connections make all the difference too. And that's what collapses time frame. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Mind podcast. We hope the content today filled your mind and your heart with the desire to build the life you deserve. If you haven't done so already, please do us a favor and kindly like and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future impactful episodes. If you like what you heard and want to see more Wealthy Mind content and be notified about upcoming passive investment opportunities, please visit our website at www.wealthymindinvestments.com and join our investor club. You can also follow us on social media channels as we are on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Thank you for your time and happy investing.